management, leadership. If you're all about that, I know that you're ready for the leaderish podcast. Ay, change your mindset because it is vital. Remembering that leader is not all about a title. It's about helping others level up, get their best. Talking about the skills, time to focus, time to represent. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the leaderish podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Leaderish Podcast. And this I'm calling the after show. This is when I can invite some of my business buddies and professional friends to come and share in the conversation that can help us level up in our careers and in our lives. I'm super excited for today's guest because we're going to be talking about the post-pandemic job market. That's right. Things are shifting and changing so quickly right now. You have to make sure that you have the information you need to be a must-have and not a nice-to-have in the job market of the future, which is actually the job market of now. So many of you have been hearing about the great resignation and a lot of things that are happening. But at the end of the day, my goal is to really make sure that you have the information that you need to be able to not only survive, but to thrive leading up to 2030 and beyond. I think I've mentioned maybe on one of the other seasons about the McKinsey report that came out, about the PwC report, talking about the future of work and some of the global trends and things that are having an impact, not always a positive impact on our workforce. And so I had to bring in the big guns today, Mr. Frank Grossman. He is amazing, you know, has over 20 years of experience in career advising. And now he's at a stage in his career, really, where he's only working with his highly qualified one-on-one -on -one clients in terms of helping them with their brand, their LinkedIn profiles, their strategy, their job search letters, and just making sure that they have that package that represents who they are in the workplace. But he just released, let me make sure I get this title right, The Guide to the Post-Pandemic Job Market, and it's absolutely amazing. It's an ebook. I'll tell you where you all can get it. But... I wanted to make sure that we got the inside scoop on some of this information even before you go to download the ebook. So Frank, welcome to the podcast and I'm looking forward to speaking to, to, to you today for the after show. Okay, thanks very much, Dr. Brandy. So uh, Frank, just let's start a little bit with just introducing yourself and, and telling everyone a little bit about your brand. Okay, once again, my name is Frank Grossman and my brand is Resumes That Shine. And uh, what I do, as you said very well, was uh, work one-on-one -on -one with my clients to help them uh, with their personal brands, more specifically their resumes, their LinkedIn profiles, their job search letters, job search letters, of course, being kind of the modern term for cover letters, since very few people stick a resume in an envelope with a cover letter and mail it off that way anymore. Uh, you know, so that's one of the main things I do. The other thing I do is... Uh, create publications which are exclusively available on my website. One of them, uh, which you've mentioned to me uh, previously, was my free resumes that shine quick guide to career change. And the other that I've just posted uh, exclusively on my site is the guide to the post-pandemic job market, which I consider uh, very timely as uh, we are slowly, slowly emerging from the pandemic uh, with a much changed world. Um, in terms of my experience, um, as you mentioned, I've had about 20 years of experience in career services. 
starting off as uh, a career advisor to downsize professionals and executives uh, in a publicly funded outplacement program called PROS uh, back in the 1990s in Manhattan. Um, and uh, when that program ended, I went on to work um, as what some people call the resume guru um, at a welfare to work program for people with disabilities where it turned out in the end when the program ended um, uh, back in Brooklyn, I had worked on thousands of resumes uh, that is editing, critiquing, sitting on one-on-one -on -one and collaborating with people returning to the workforce to help them get a new resume and a, a new brand together to re-enter the workforce. Uh, subsequent to that, at the time I was setting up my resumes at Shine Brand, I also spent the year as uh, the official only full-time career advisor at Associated Services to the Blind uh, here in Philadelphia, where I moved to uh, full-time when my uh, uh, last job in Brooklyn ended. And uh, since then, I've been devoting all my work time uh, to the uh, resumes that Shine Brand, helping uh, clients um, uh, with their uh, job search documents, also publishing my weekly pro tips, resumes that Shine blog, um, as well as, of course, we mentioned the, uh, um, uh, the uh, new guide to the post-pandemic job market and the uh, career change guide. Now, here's the thing. Many people uh, that are listening, you all probably don't know that um, I actually was a career counselor and a career advisor for many years. Actually, my first successful business, because most of them have failed to date, um, was actually uh, in career development and career advising right around the recession in 2008, 2009. And when I first launched out, I think in the first year, I may have helped over a thousand professionals um, get back to work. And so I was really heavy in that workforce development realm. Um, and I think I was maybe doing a keynote or something of that nature at a national resume, resume writers event or something similar to that. And I believe Frank and I were able to connect there. But the reason why, um, you know, when you think about people like you, Frank, who have your experience, who have been in the game for 20 years, who have such a wealth of knowledge, have worked with thousands and thousands of professionals. And, you know, you have, you know, before DEI was a thing recently, it's all of a sudden on people's radar, but you've had an opportunity to work with people with disabilities to work on, you know, people need to go ahead and Google the welfare to work program. And so you've been able to work with a variety of different types of professionals. And so tell us a little bit about, this guide to the post-pandemic job market and what the next couple of years might look like in the job market in terms of some trends, things that you've been noticing and that you're tracking. Okay, very good. Yeah, I'm tracking some fascinating trends. Um, it is really a lot more interesting than I expected it to be. Uh, when I started the project, I started the project uh, originally because I was interested uh, personally in uh, new technologies. I like to tinker with technology as a hobby. And I expected to be telling a story of, um, you know, of changes in technology and some of the incredible new technologies that were coming out with things like the mRNA vaccine, um, uh, you know, aerospace, software development, etc., and that is indeed part of the story, but I found there's more that, uh, first of all, one of the most important things happened is the change in demographics in the United States that um, 
all of us baby boomers are going to be 65 years of age or over uh, by 2030. Um, and uh, that's going to change what the job market looks like. And I do apologize for the, uh, uh, it sounds like a, uh, the condo's lawnmower in the background. Yeah, I was uh, like, is somebody landscaping right now? Yes, yes, the landscaping contractor is out there. Uh, let me see. Oh, I'd have to go out of frame totally to close the uh, window. No worries. Uh, if you anyway. if you want to close the window, you can. We can edit on the back end. We might just leave it in just for <laughs> uh, No worries. Let's okay, see. much quieter now. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, I'll put you back in. So you okay. were saying. So, so yep. I, I was um, uh, saying anyway. So the service service jobs are uh, going to be one of the biggest things, in addition to the technology jobs and also uh, the medical uh, jobs. When there, and there's some overlap. Um, first of all, the job that's going to be in the most demand, in part because of the change in demographics is the home health aid, the home care um, mm. professionals to take care of us all, of all us baby boomers. Uh, and that also probably is a relationship to why we're seeing uh, other service occupations, things like the fast food workers, the restaurant workers, both front of house and back of house um, showing um, uh, large increases. Um, Number four on the list, uh, which is what we'd expect, is uh, software development. Software development, the testers, a kind of broad category. Um, and uh, you know, so uh, that's important. And of course, the medical jobs. Medical jobs are important for a number of reasons. First of all, some of these are um, you know, very highly, highly compensated jobs. You know that will support an upper middle class or middle class lifestyle. Um, you know, nurse practitioner, uh, physician assistant, registered nurse, um, etc. Um, nurse practitioner and physician assistant have median salaries in excess of a hundred thousand a year. Um, registered nurses are uh, in the uh, sixty to eighty thousand dollar a year range. So these are good jobs. Uh, you know, the service jobs, the home health aid jobs aren't necessarily the jobs that will support the lifestyle you want as a college graduate. But there's one thing in common with all of these jobs. You got to show up. You got to be there. You can't phone them in from an overseas call center. Um, you know, uh, you can't do them remotely. A robot can't do them. A robot can, but you probably don't want a robot taking care of you at home or serving you your food. <laughs> so that makes uh, sense. Yeah. So that's why these service jobs are so important in addition to the high technology jobs. Um, the aerospace jobs, which was what I originally started looking at, are potentially going to be uh, uh, very important. Uh, one of the things I came across was that United Airlines actually signed a, uh, an agreement with a startup called Boom Aerospace to build a fleet of supersonic airliners that can span both the Atlantic and Pacific and are expected to go into service by 2029, which is not very far away if that technology works. And as, as we know, uh, supersonic uh, passenger transport was something that failed in the market a number of years ago. 
and they're taking another stab at it, this time with fleets of airliners, not just one that was built by a state consortium, you know, as a, a flagship. You know, so that's kind of incredible. Um, and then, of course, there are what some people call the space cowboys down in Boca Chica, Texas, uh, who are building flight hardware to go to Mars by before 2030. And, you know, these are not people who are writing science fiction novels and going to cons and stuff like that and thinking about it. The, this is a company that's hired thousands of people to actually build this technology. And you can look on YouTube any day and see them setting up these rockets, you know, and they're going to be testing them sometime this summer. And I, I mean, that's incredible. This, this stuff looks like it's really going to happen. That's uh, amazing. You know, so it is. It's, it is. There are just some amazing things going on and people don't realize it. And, you know, you want to get in on it. You know, you want to have the training to do it. Um, renewable energy is an interesting area. Things like uh, wind turbine technicians and um, solar photovoltaic um, uh, technicians, jobs that don't necessarily require advanced degrees. So if you're not going to go get a, an, uh, an advanced aerospace degree, there are still ways you could participate uh, in the upcoming um, uh, technology boom and do um, and, and get involved some incredible in some incredible technologies like Vineyard Winds up in uh, off Cape Cod, which is uh, getting ready to produce wind uh, utility scale wind power now. Uh, you know, so there are. You know, renewable energy is real. Again, it's not just a couple of things, you know, the Greens are talking about. Uh, the other thing, and something that's actually a little concerning and something that we talked about at one of the professional conferences when you introduced the PwC report a couple of years ago, uh, was the um, potential drop-off in uh the entry-level professional jobs, the administrative assistant jobs, the executive assistant jobs, the customer service jobs, because those jobs can go offshore. Those jobs can be automated. Think about it. When was the last time you actually spoke to a customer service rep? You probably used an app or a website. Or if you did finally get to talk to somebody, they were in Cape Town, South Africa, Madras, India. I like to ask them where they are when I do finally get in touch with them. Yeah, I love uh, Manila, that. Yeah, Manila, the Philippines. Very rarely will you talk to someone here. So those jobs aren't potentially here. Um, so uh, I, I think that's a real concern, something we can talk about if we have time. Is that mean something for leaders? Is where are you going to get your new talent from if you're not bringing them up through customer service and admin, et cetera? So those are some of the things I found when I did this research. Now, this is fascinating to me. Because I think that, you know, technology can be a blessing and a curse, right? I remember during the pandemic, a lot of traditional, quote unquote, white collar jobs actually were not deemed essential. You know, it was the it were the sanitation workers. It was the healthcare care uh, workers, professionals. There were so many other industries that people would maybe look down upon, you know, logistics, truck drivers, things that they were thriving during the pandemic. Um, because they were considered essential, whereas there were, I think there was a shakeup a little bit in some of those industries where it wasn't 100% essential in that time. Um, and of course, many other industries just moved remote. But what, what are your thoughts about that? I, th I think that's a very good point. First of all, things like truck driving, passenger car driving, think of Uber and Lyft, think of all our logistic issues 
are going to remain in the top 20. And again, because with current technology anyway, you can't call those in. Um, I mean, there are advances in self-driving vehicles, but uh, right now that may not be here by 2030. There is still going to be um, trucks driven by people on the road. And those are great jobs uh, uh, for people. Um, as you know, from your experience in workforce development, uh, when you train a CDL driver, they don't come back to workforce development. They have work. You know? so, so true. Yeah. So, um, you know, these are great jobs for people. And again, they're good jobs for people who don't necessarily have or uh, want uh, or can spend the money on um, advanced degrees. Um, and I think you asked again about the uh, uh, the declining jobs. Yeah, I, as I said before, I think that's a real concern. And what's interesting in the area of the declining jobs is some of the traditional civil service jobs, as you said, the postal jobs, um, the correction officer jobs, um, the uh, uh, even some of the research jobs like I did, though that really didn't um, uh, come up. But some of these traditional civil service jobs are on the decline uh, in part because of declining government um, uh, budgets as well as things like uh, the Department of Labor says there'll be a reduction in the incarcerated population. And of course, automated mail processing systems, listening needs uh, in the mail processing plants, et cetera. Um, you know, and as you know, civil service work is a traditional route to the middle class, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, minorities and the disabled, uh, and others who haven't necessarily had an opportunity, and there's a decline in those jobs. So I think of that along with the decline in the uh, entry-level private sector jobs, you know, I think is a real concern for those of us who want to see everybody get an equal chance. Wow, that's, you know, when you think about the intersection of the workforce and the economy and economic mobility and some of the diversity and inclusion pieces that are kind of wrapped into that, um, it's something we have to think about and we have to start creating solutions for, you know, me having that entrepreneurial side, you know, we're always looking for solutions to anticipate it in future problems. Um, and so you brought us some great things. Now, I have here in some of my show notes, I wanted to ask you about, you know, what all of this means for those who are planning a career now, right? And so there are some people, unfortunately, look, you missed it. So sorry for some of you, but there are some parents here that your children are in college right now getting a degree in something that they're not going to be able to use because it's going to be irrelevant and extinct soon, sooner than later. Um, there are some of you who maybe just graduated or, you know, you know, family or friends. But when you're talking about those that have an opportunity to plan their career now or to plan a career change, they're in a good place where they're thinking strategically about where may I want to shift um, I think you've already given us some good industries to kind of point towards anything else that they should be kind of considering and thinking about as they're planning that that career transition. Well, first of all, any college degree is golden and all skills are golden. Um, oh, 
is we look at the Department of Labor statistics, and, and I've had put the statistics on my blog a number of times, and I'm going to put them up again this week. And I'm going to talk a little about, about the DEI side, side of this uh, on my blog, which will be there by the time this adds, uh, airs. Um, I, if I remember correctly, the difference between a college degree and a high school diploma in terms of earnings is about 167%. And that's across the board, regardless of the degree, according to the Department of Labor. And the difference is huge, um, like three or four times between not having any education and having an, uh, an advanced degree. Uh, but just getting the college degree, and it almost doesn't matter what field, gives you an edge in the job market because traditionally there are jobs that just say a college degree. Um, so that's one tip, no matter what you're majoring in, get the degree. The uh, first thing is I'd say you're looking for a job now, don't panic. It was just a flex job study out uh, a week or so ago um, for those listening to this um, uh, sometime this summer. That would have been sometime in April and it's uh, on my uh, uh, blog um, saying that right now the top flexible jobs still include customer service, administrative assistance, executive assistance, um, and uh, things in, in uh, that realm. So those, those jobs are still there. And those are excellent opportunities to learn a business, to learn their computer systems, to talk to all of their customers and get yelled at and find out what their problems are. Um, because unfortunately, that's valuable experience, talking to all the customers and getting yelled at about all the things that went wrong. You know, so... Um, so my advice for the people in school now is if you can, if you have the aptitude for a technical field, by all means, go for it. But don't just assume any technical field is good. Remember that some fields like nuclear energy are declining in this country. Nuclear energy, for example, has fallen out of favor. So if you have the aptitude for that, you might want to consider one of the other engineering fields. If you're kind of stuck in that and that's what you're degree is fine. You have great transferable skills. But just keep in mind that just because it's a, a high technology field doesn't automatically mean there are jobs there. Some specific fields like nuclear energy are seeing a decline for both technical, economic, and political reasons. So those are my thoughts for those who are graduating now. That's excellent. Wow, the time is going by so fast. We literally have less than 10 minutes left for our after show segment. So this is what I want to ask you, Frank. You know, what are some career marketing recommendations um, that you're making to your clients based on some of the research you know, that you've done? So the folks that you're working with now, give us just, you know, two or three um, career marketing kind of recommendations. OK, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, my first recommendation is to be accomplishment focused, be value based. What have you accomplished um, in your previous jobs? If you're in school now, there's specific things you accomplished in your internships. So there's specific takeaways from your internships. Employers know your job description. And if they don't know it, they can look it up on the internet. They don't know what you brought to your job, what you brought to your internship, what you brought to your school project. So tell them that. What uh, business problems or uh, opportunities you addressed by taking what actions um, to come up with what quantifiable results. That's one thing. The other thing is skills are golden. 
Uh, a recruiter told me that when I first started out in this field, and I think it's still true. And skills are, as you know, divided into two areas, hard skills and soft skills. Hard skills are the technical and professional skills you need for the job. Those are the things that, re that recruiters and employers search on in their computer systems when you submit your resumes. Soft skills uh, are the people skills, the leadership skills, the things that you talk about in your podcast um, that are absolutely essential. Now, nobody, people don't necessarily search for someone who says they have great team leadership skills, et cetera, because everybody says on their resume and in their cover letter, in their job search letter, then they, then they have it. But you have right. to demonstrate those. Um, you know, so uh, those are uh, really essential. And in a more diverse workforce, I think it's more essential than ever because you're not necessarily going to have anything in common uh, personally with the person standing in front of you or the coworker in the next cube or the coworker in the next Zoom box. So you're gonna, but you're going to have to relate to them and work with all of them anyway. So I think that the soft skills are going to be more important than ever. So you know what? Let's flip the script a little bit and share some of your thoughts on pe the hiring managers, people who are seeking candidates. You know, many professionals who watch and listen to the podcast are actually um, in leadership roles. You know, most of them are millennials, but they are in leadership roles where they may be hiring people, um, even if they're not formally in HR. So, what are your thoughts for people that are on the buy side? You know, on the hiring side, looking for talent. Now, I think that's particularly important. And, and you raised a, a, a very good point that not all the people on the buy side are the people in HR. And I think we tend to give too much focus with all due respects to the HR people who are um, doing a very important role um, as gatekeepers. But the people who are really hiring us are uh, the, uh, the team leaders, you know, uh, people who are uh, actually doing the work. And I think the one thing leaders, uh, particularly at sea level, need to think of, should think about going forward is uh, where is the next generation of leaders going to come from, especially if uh, much of your administrative work is automated, especially if your customer service work is automated. If your company's gone through this digital transformation and you're not hiring these customer service people and these admin people, then where is your next generation of leaders going to come from? You know, how are you going to train them? How are you going to evaluate them? You know, how, how are you going to know who has potential? How are those coming in going to get all that experience working with customers and working with your systems that they need to, um, you know, fill in the next generation and, and assure that your business is going to continue and that they have the knowledge and skills to move forward when you retire? You know, so <laughs> I love it. That's good. Good, good, good. Okay. I was getting like caught up in everything you were saying. Okay. Last thing, Frank, um, before we wrap up, you know, any final thoughts when you think about the post pandemic job market, you know, we didn't really even go deep today on, at all on the great recession and the fact that for a variety of different reasons, professionals are choosing to leave the workforce. Now, I believe right now, you know, we're, we're hearing um, that it's so hard to find talent. People don't want to work. Where is everyone? I think people are collectively 
burnt out from, I think, the pandemic, some of the work stresses that transition, I think some policies maybe that certain companies have, you know, instated and things like that. What's just your overall final thought just for those of us that are future and forward thinking in terms of, you know, the changes and, and how we should navigate the workplace in our careers? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Uh, is uh, you know what we should do in uh, navigating our career? Uh, I think first of all we want to, as I said, stay stay focused on accomplishments uh, for our career documents, and also remember that we want to get into jobs that we have the skills for, you know, that we have the the uh, knowledge and uh, the abilities for. And we have the interest in, because for those graduating school now, uh, they're potentially going to be in the workforce for uh, 50 years or more if they're starting school now. And that's a long time to be in a job that you're unhappy in or a career you struggle to stay in because there isn't enough demand. Um, And if you're currently looking to return to the workforce after the pandemic, uh, just as people were turning after the Great Recession in, in 2008, uh, and you're looking to flip the script, as you say, get in, uh, do a career change, you're going to potentially be doing that for the next 10 or 15, even 20 years maybe, uh, even if you're a boomer now already. Uh, so you want to make sure it's something you have the skills for and something you like. We've all had that miserable job, you know, the thing, I shouldn't say we all, uh, but most of us have probably had that miserable job. Oh, we've, no, we've all, Frank. We've yeah. all. I yeah. Said, oh, I said, yeah. At least one. You know, yeah, because, you know, we have to make a living and we have to take a job. But, you know, we we want to try to minimize or avoid those because, you know, you're just not going to make a career of those jobs. I've learned a lot from those jobs, but they're not jobs I've uh, you know, necessarily wanted to stay in and let my, my uh, clients do either. So no matter what the demand is, if you don't have the skills for a job like software development, then, you know, that's not something you should be, um, uh, should be pursuing. You know, that's, I used to get in my office um, uh, in my, when I worked at uh, PROS, a program for downsized professionals and executives, people applying for training as computer programmers. And I'd ask them, why do you want to be a computer programmer? Because the TV advertises high-paid computer programmers. Well, do you like puzzles? Uh, do you like solving problems? Uh, do you like um, math? No, no, I don't like any of this stuff. You know, are you a musician? no. You know, all these things that are indicators, potentially good programmers, they don't have any of the indicators. They have any talent in this. If you just want to do it because it's high paid, you know, it probably is not going to work. You know, do you want to work in healthcare if you're not comfortable being around people who are ill or if you faint at the slight of sight of blood, to take an extreme example? You know, just because it's a high paid job, it won't necessarily work for you if you don't have the talent, the interest and the ability to do it. So true. Well, thank you so much, Frank, for being on the show. Everybody, let me just tell you, Frank is the GOAT. When it comes to resumes that shine, uh, no pun intended, but um, and just that career strategy, that LinkedIn piece, he is 
just has a wealth of knowledge. So make sure that you go and check out resumes that shine.com, particularly the guide to the post pandemic job market. This is a resource. Here's the thing. It's not what you know, it's what you don't know. And so we want to make sure through everything we're doing at the Leaderish podcast that you have the information you need to make a decision. So if it's not you, if you're comfortable, if you're making good money, what about your niece? What about your nephew? What about someone uh, professionally who you know, who really needs to make sure they have the information? You all don't have the time to do the research that Frank does, to do the research that I do in order to bring this information to you. So at the end of the day, you have to invest so that you can accelerate your success um, and make sure that you you can work smarter and not harder. So Frank, appreciate you for being on the show, um, and we'll continue our you know conversations behind the scenes as usual. Thank you so much. Okay, no problem. Um, you- People can contact me at frank at resumesthatshine.com or just look at my resumesthatshine.com website. And, uh, you know, my phone number is there. All my contact information is there. And, of course, look at the book. Uh, Thanks a lot, Dr. Brandy. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Frank. Okay, so you know what to do next. Make sure that you follow me online, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and make sure that you are subscribed to my special.tv channel. Yes, it's special.tv backslash the Dr. Brandy. How is it that you're not subscribed? You can get some more content that's exclusive to my subscribers on special.tv by going there. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. See you next time. Bye. Leaderish Podcast.